0: If you have your Bibles, I invite you to join me. We are in 1 John, the first chapter, and we will read over till chapter 2, verse 3. Again, we welcome everyone, and if you, this is your first time, please um, fill out that Connect card for us, because we do want to make a connection with you here. Um, and if someone has not told you, our vision here at Pine Valley is to connect Christ, connect to Christ, our hearts to Christ and to one another, so that's what we want to do. Hear these words from John, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Isn't that hallelujah right there? Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the whole world." Now, by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. Father God, get me out of the way so that your voice is heard, your presence is felt. And whatever distraction that came in here with us, Just remove it and let our complete focus be on you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Christ is risen. Okay, so it is 10, 12. You should have had enough coffee. Christ is risen. Amen. It is Easter. We are in the Easter tide, my friends. And we've uh, started this new uh, sermon series, The Easter Effect, and we have learned from last week in Pastor Tim's powerful message that because of the Easter Effect, we have real victory. We will receive a new body and we know God can take care of all of our dark Fridays. It may be Friday, but Sunday's coming. Friends... Sunday's here. It's the resurrection, a great day, a great season of celebration and victory for Christ conquered death and hell and the grave. And we have victory in him. This morning, I want to tell you about another important day in the life of the church. Today is National Associate Pastors Day. (laughs) Y'all got that. (laughs) So this means that associate pastors all over will be stepping in the pulpit to give their lead pastor a break from all of that hard work they did on Easter. (laughs) In all seriousness, (laughs) it is the week after resurrection. And I ask you, how's it going? What, what have you been up to? Are you any different this Sunday than you were last Sunday? Has Easter and the resurrection changed you? See, a week ago on a Monday, Thursday, we sat together in this room and we experienced the upper room of Jesus washing our feet, of breaking bread with him, Of getting that mandate to love as he loves. Then on Friday, we sat at the foot of the cross and we wept, we grieved, we had sorrow. And then Saturday came and we sat in silence. We were anxious about what was coming on Sunday. Then Sunday, And the tomb is empty. Christ has risen. He is risen indeed. Last Easter Sunday, we got all dressed up. We had on hats. We stood outside and waited to get our temperatures taken. And thank you, we don't have to do that again this week. But we stood in line and we were anxious to enter worship. We took pictures together. We sang Lustily. I have to be careful with that word because you know it could go the other way. But we sing lustily with our hands raised highs, raising a hallelujah. And John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, would have been so proud of us. And we proclaimed, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. It was a great day of excitement and celebration. And I can only imagine that first Easter where the stone is rolled away. There's some people in disbelief, hiding out, steer fearful, not sure what's going on, the waiting. And then there's Mary. She sees and experiences Jesus. And he tells her to go and tell Peter and the disciples. And she runs and says, he's alive, he's alive, I have seen the Lord. There's so much joy and so much wonder. And then we say, but then what? It's almost like those movies and TV shows that we watch that we get the to be continued and we have to wait till next week. Or if you watch Netflix, you have to wait two years for the next one to come out. But there's You know, we wait in anticipation of that next episode. Do we make plans for that coming event? Do we tell others and get ready too? Do we share that with them? So Monday came and the alarm clock rang. You got remnants of candy in those plastic Easter eggs and then if you have kids, that cellophane grass that you put in the baskets that you'll still be finding in your house next Easter. Those bright colored clothes and hats are hanging on a rack or maybe they're in a pile in the floor that you hadn't got around to yet. The kids are running around because it's Easter break or maybe you took a vacation. Did Monday come with the routine breakfast, putting on your work clothes and then out the door as business as usual? See, we spent 40 days in Lent and it was a long 40 days. We studied and we reflected on those seven churches in Revelation of how Jesus graded them on their faithfulness and their love. We saw what they did right what they did wrong, and then how Jesus gave them another chance to get it right. See, in the early church, Lent was used um, to, for new converts to learn about the Christian faith and prepare for their baptism on Easter Sunday. We're now in Easter tide, and initially this period was for us to continue in our faith formation of new Christians. But I say it's not just new Christians, but all Christians who need to rejoice and experience being Easter people. We need to continuously work on our faith formation, reminding us, of Jesus and what he's done for us because the journey is not over. You see, the disciples, they were writing to probably the second or third generation after the resurrection and we are many uh, generations past the resurrection and they are inviting they said we have written all of these things down that your joy may be full they are inviting others into the fellowship they are disciples who are living out the commission from Jesus to make disciples who make disciples and that's what we're to do you see As we just sang, the end of the beginning, the resurrection is not the end of the story. It's the beginning and it's every day. No matter what we do in life, no matter how glorious it is or how dark a Friday is, the stone is rolled away. And just like we can't pack Jesus away with our Christmas decorations, we cannot roll the stone back because the tomb is forever empty. So what's next for us with the Easter effect? We have to go and tell. Now, Outside of the resurrection, have you ever had some good news that people have told you and you just couldn't wait to tell somebody else? It was just great. I remember this time when I received some good news uh, at 3 a.m. on a September morning. My son and his wife Brittany called me that early. See, they were six hours behind us because of where they were stationed in the military. But they called me at 3 a.m. to let me know that they were going to have a baby and I was so excited and I wanted to jump and shout and tell everybody about it but I had to wait till October to when they revealed it to the whole world before I could tell but then there's the news of when she was born and I was there to experience her birth and how this tiny little baby girl forever changed my life I couldn't wait to share it with others See, others know Brea through me and my witness of knowing her. Others know Jesus through our witness and our testimony. We tell, we live in resurrection, and we have the greatest story to tell. And others experience Jesus through our witness. See, Mary ran to tell the disciples. She didn't just go, Okay, Jesus, I'm going to go. Hey, guys, guess what? The tomb's empty. Jesus is alive. Yay. She didn't do that. She ran. He's alive. And she said, I have seen the Lord. When is the last time we ran to tell somebody of the resurrected Jesus Christ and the difference that he has made in our life? See, Mary, the resurrection, she was there in her grief and her sorrow. But the resurrected Jesus Christ changed her from sorrow and grief to joy and rejoicing. And she couldn't help but to run and tell somebody. I love the story of the two disciples that are walking on the Emmaus Road. And we hear this story and Jesus is walking with them and they don't recognize him. And they're thinking, Who is this guy, and how does he not know about Jesus? You know, everybody knows what's going on right now. But they go into the room, and Jesus breaks bread and gives thanks. Their eyes are open that Jesus is right there, the resurrected Jesus in front of them. How many times do we have blinders on our eyes and can't see that Jesus is right there in front of us? But I love what Luke 24:32 says, and they said to one another, "Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us?" Does our heart burn with the passion of Jesus when we experience him, when we open up the scriptures and read about him, when we read about how he called Lazarus out of the grave, when we read about how he healed the sick, made the blind to see? I remember one of my very first remembrances of reading scripture and how it changed me. I was eight years old, and we had left a church service, and I had made a public profession of faith that evening, and I got home, and I couldn't wait to open up the Bible and read it, and I sat in my mother's living room. She had this blue velvet couch. She doesn't have it anymore. She had it for about 100 years, but it's gone now. But I remember that blue velvet couch and I sat there with this big family Bible and I couldn't get enough of Jesus and what he had done to myself. Now at 8 years old and still at 50, I don't completely understand it all and that's okay because he tells me I don't have to understand it all. I just have to trust him. But I experienced him and my heart burned with the passion. My heart burns and our hearts should burn every time we open up Scripture because every time we do it, we are going to encounter the risen Lord. We do it when we gather in worship, when we raise our hands and sing a hallelujah. Or maybe we sit there because we are so moved by the Holy Spirit that we can't move. When we fellowship with one another, when we gather the assembly to worship, when we're sharing with others and inviting them to church, when we share a meal with someone, and y'all know how we like to eat here at Pine Valley, and we can't wait to get back to those meals, when we have Bible study with one another, when we serve It might be a simple meal to someone. It might be praying for them or ushering, or it might be teaching. It might be building a wheelchair ramp. We all have a story. We all have a voice, and someone out there needs to hear the story of Jesus. We have these invitation cards here at Pine Valley to invite people to worship. And for Easter in different seasons, we make um, special cards with all the different services we had for Holy Week and Easter services. But I ask us today, did we invite someone to church today like we did on Easter? See, 1 John 2 2 says, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, but not just our sins only, but also this whole world. So many in our world are walking in darkness and don't know the truth. They don't know a way out of the madness of this world. And if they don't know it, how will they know it if we do not go and tell them? It could be just sharing John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Somebody in this world needs to know that they are a whosoever and Jesus died and took away their whatsoever. There was a banner in a church that said, someone first told you about Jesus. Who have you told lately? So what is your Easter experience and have you shared that with someone? You know, in our, our traditional service last week, Carl and Lisa sang the song, I've Just Seen Jesus. And I love those lyrics. I tell you, he's alive. I've just seen Jesus and I'll never be the same again. See, we're all a Christian witness to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And when we think about business as usual, as Christians, it in Christ our business? And there's nothing usual about Christ. Each one of us has a story to share about the difference that Jesus makes in our lives. He's the one who heals us. He's the one who comforts us. He's the one who redeems us and restores us. See, our stories come from this experience that we have with Christ. And they might differ from somebody else's. It might be this large moment like these guys had. On the walk to Emmaus. It might be like Saul's experience in Damascus. It might be a lifelong journey. But we all have a story. One of my favorite things about Celebrate Recovery is sharing testimonies of how Jesus, we surrender it all to Him and He brought life out of that death. So we all have a testimony. I encourage you to write down your testimony how Jesus brought you to life and how you walk in resurrection every day the second thing is I think we keep his commandments on Monday Thursday we talked about this mandate that Jesus gave us in John 13 34 he says that you love one another get it as I have loved you that you also love one another If you didn't know that, that means loving people that don't seem so lovable. You know, people that don't think like us, don't talk like us, don't act like us. We're called to love everyone. Today, 1 John 2, 3 reminds us, now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. And this is also how the world knows that we're Jesus' disciples. We not only share God's love, mercy, and grace, and forgiveness with our words, but we also have to live it out. Because if we're not extending grace, love, and mercy, how can we tell someone about grace, love, and mercy? See, the story after the resurrection, I always find it interesting. Peter says he's going fishing. And he takes along the other disciples, and they're out there, and they're not catching anything. But then comes Jesus. Tells them to cast the net out on the other side, and they catch more than they can handle. But their nets don't break. And then they realize, that's the Lord. And they have breakfast with him. And Peter is restored. Jesus asked him three times, Peter. you love me and I can just imagine Peter and what he's feeling because he knows what he's done he knows what it means yes Lord you know I love you and Jesus simply says feed my sheep love it's a mandate we have throughout Scripture It's how Jesus lived. It's who he was. It's who he is today. We keep his commandments through love. We care for one another. We take care of our physical needs. We take care of the spiritual needs. We love and care for others, not out of obligation, but out of our love and service to God because we love because he first loved us. I read a commentary, and it was about what does love mean. And this group of pro- professionals asked this question to a group of four- to eight-year-olds. Now, I always say, be careful when you work with animals and children, because you just never know what you're going to be get. Well, they asked them, and this is what some of them said. An eight-year-old said, when my mo- grandmother got arthritis, she couldn't bend over and paint her toenails, so my grandfather does it for her all the time even when his hands got arthritis too. A four-year-old says, love is what makes you smile when you're tired. And a seven-year-old, this one's profound, love is what's in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. Another one said, he was six, he said, if you wanna learn to love better, you should start with a friend who you hate. Another one said, it was eight, and said, you really shouldn't say I love you unless you mean it. But if you mean it, you should say it a lot because people forget. And here's one of the best stories I read. This this author and lecturer had a contest and people... um, Gave them. They were trying to find like this most caring child award, and so they got all of these stories. But there was this one story of a four-year-old whose next-door neighbor—he was an older gentleman—and he had just lost his wife. So the four-year-old goes up and sees the gentleman outside, and he goes up to him and he just sits in his lap, and he's there for a while. And he gets home. The mother asked him. She said, "What did you say to the neighbor?" And the little boy said nothing, I just helped him cry. Sometimes love is just helping somebody cry. We keep Christ's commandments when we love one another and when we share that witness with others. So I pray that we allow the Easter effect to continue to move us to what's next, of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ as living as resurrected people, as Easter people, not just one time a year, but every day. I heard this story about this world-famous violinist. His name was Fritz uh, Kreisler. and he lived from 1875 to 1962. He earned his fortune with concerts and compositions, but he gave it all away. So when he discovered this exquisite violin on one of his trips, he wasn't able to purchase it, but he raised enough money to find it, to buy it, but they told him they had sold it to a collector. So he found this collector And he made his way there, and he offered to buy the violin. And the collector said, oh, no, 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 no. This is my prized possession. I can't get rid of it. Well, Mr. Chrysler was very disappointed. And he was about to leave, but he had an idea. He said, could I play the instrument once more before it's consigned to silence? So he was given permission. And this great virtuoso just filled the room and the collector was so moved his heart burned He was overcome with emotions and he told him he said I have no right to keep that to myself it's yours Mr. Chrysler take it into the world and let people hear it as resurrected people, as believers of Jesus Christ. We need to take it to the world, not keep it to ourselves. We should share it with everyone. We are all an exquisite instrument created by God to make beautiful music of singing the song of Jesus, that we have victory, that resurrection is the beginning and is always forevermore. May we go and be Easter people who love and share the Word of God and shout, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed let us pray holy and loving God we give you thanks for this Easter season but as your beloved children who have been raised from the dead who have been brought out from the grave Easter is every day may we go forth and share our witness of how you have changed our life, that you have always been with us from the beginning, that we have a story to tell, that you came to save this whole world. Father God, I pray that if there is someone here that feels they are walking in darkness, shame and guilt that this world lays on them, that they will know and they will hear that you are the way, the truth, and the life, and that they can have life eternal with you, Father God. And may we go and share your message and love. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.